Welcome to the News Flash. My name is Abigail Weinberg, and I am the Editor-in-Chief for Washington Square News. This is WSN's weekly podcast in which we break down a few of the most interesting stories happening in and around NYU's campus. For our first story today, we'll be continuing our ongoing coverage of developments in NYU Abu Dhabi. Then, we'll be discussing the terror incident that happened earlier this week in Tribeca. Joining me for both stories will be news editor Sayer Devlin and deputy news editor Mac DeGarren. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Abu Dhabi is in the headlines seemingly every week. What happened on Friday? On Friday, NYU's journalism department severed ties with NYU's Abu Dhabi campus in reaction to two professors having their visas denied. We had heard for some time that uh, some departments were considering taking some steps in response to the visa denials. And then on Friday afternoon, we heard from one of our sources that we've worked with for some time uh, that told us that uh, that the NYU Journalism Department was uh, preparing to sever ties completely with NYU Abu Dhabi and discourage all their professors from teaching in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. Can you give me a little bit of background about the events leading up to Friday? So in late September, Professor Mohamed Bazi penned an op-ed in the New York Times detailing how and why he got his visa denied when he was applying to t- teach a class at NYU Abu Dhabi. A week later, a uh, professor of Middle Eastern and Islamic Studies, Arang Keshavarzian, came out with similar claims. Uh, after that, several academic groups denounced NYU's lack of public response. They didn't really say anything about either of the visa denials. Several academic groups denounced NYU's lack of public response to the visa denials. But President Andrew Hamilton responded 16 days later and expressed sympathy for the affected professors, but denied that any violations of academic freedom had occurred. What's happened since Hamilton's response? So since Hamilton's response, several NYU departments have come out against how the university has handled the situation. Last Tuesday, a graduate student union group, um, GSOC, wrote a letter to President Hamilton uh, condemning what they saw was a lack of proper action in response to the visa denials. On Friday, we learned that a majority of the senior members on the NYU Journalism Department had voted in favor of severing ties with NYU Abu Dhabi. In addition, we learned that Gallatin faculty had also voted to suspend their relations with NYU Abu Dhabi. Um, in addition, NYU Gallatin faculty also voted to suspend relations with NYU Abu Dhabi, and they highly encouraged their professors to not teach at the campus until the university resolves the problem of visa denials. How will this actually affect NYU Abu Dhabi? While the Gallatin faculty's vote is largely symbolic, NYU's journalism department taught a class at NYU Abu Dhabi each year, and that one class will now not be taught. What class was that? While the Gallatin faculty vote was largely symbolic, the class that Professor Mohamed Bazi was supposed to teach this fall will not be taught next year. NYU's Abu Dhabi campus seems to make the news every week. Why is this important, and what's different about this news? Well, this is the first real tangible action that anyone has taken in response to NYU's handling of the visa denials. While it's still largely symbolic, this still kind of feels like a turning point in this whole discussion because, like Sayer said, it's the first real uh, sign of action. We spoke to 
the journalism director, Ted Conover, and he admitted that he can't personally stop faculty from engaging with NYUAD professors or NYUAD students or trying to teach there, but they are strongly encouraging them to restrain. Additionally, the CAS professor who was circulating the Gallatin faculty resolution said that she was doing that specifically to spur other departments and other professors to take action against NYU Abu Dhabi. Additionally, the CES professor who was circulating the Gallatin faculty resolution urged other departments to take similar action against NYU Abu Dhabi. What's going to happen in the future? So it's unclear whether any other departments in NYU are going to also come forward drafting their own sort of resolutions. But what is clear is this definitely feels like a turning point. Interesting stuff. I look forward to reading our continued coverage of NYU Abu Dhabi. Moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about the terror attack that occurred in Tribeca on Monday. Mac and Sayer, can you tell me a little bit about how you found out about the event? Monday afternoon, I was surfing Twitter, and a little bit after 3 p.m., I saw that some people were reporting that shots had been fired in the Tribeca area. I didn't think much of it at first, but the story continued to grow. I saw that there were reports of a pretty large police presence and several ambulances had been called into the area. And by around 4.30 or 4.15, it was pretty clear that this was a big story. So I had also heard about the news as it was developing. Um, I'd been in contact with Sayer and some of the other people on the news uh, team, but I really didn't get too invested in the story until I looked at a Google Maps image of the address and saw that it was really like 20 feet away from the apartment of someone I really knew. Uh, at that point, I decided I just wanted to go over there and see what was going on firsthand. Um, I walked over. It was about an hour and a half after the incident. Two blocks away, the NYPD had barricaded the roads and was not allowing any cars or any pedestrians in um, at all. Did you catch a glimpse of the actual scene of the incident? So I was about... I want to say two blocks away from where the actual crash occurred. Um, it's worth noting that the driver of the vehicle was driving on a bike lane for over 20 blocks before he was stopped. By the time I arrived at the scene, uh, the press and other pedestrians were held pretty far away. Um, you could get a glimpse of forensics team still analyzing some of the cars that had been hit um you couldn't make out the car you couldn't make out the rental car that was used and the shooter and the driver was already in police custody at this time so it was very strange because people in the immediate vicinity of the attack were clearly distraught and seemed very confused at what was going on. Just a couple blocks away, the atmosphere felt completely different. It was Halloween day, and little kids and people of all ages really were walking around in their Halloween costumes. People seemed like they were getting ready to go out later in the evening, and there was still the hustle and bustle of the downtown crowd. Tell me about some of the eyewitnesses you spoke to. I spoke to one student um, of Stuyvesant High School, which 
is just a couple blocks away from where the event occurred. And he had told me his story. He said that he had skipped his last class of the day to go get a sandwich from a local deli. And that before he could finish his sandwich, he heard a bunch of people running. And he asked one of them, what's going on? And the only thing he heard was, there's been an accident. So him and his friend said they walked up towards where the people were running from, just out of curiosity. And before they could make it there, they heard gunshots. From there, uh, the student said that he and a bunch of other scared people ran for cover at a local retirement center. Um, there, they were barricaded in for about 20 minutes um, and were watching the whole situation unfold through social media on their phones. So how did the story come together? Well, us, along with, I would imagine, everyone else in New York was completely caught off guard by this attack. While I was trying to go on the scene to report what was happening, all of the WSN news desk was back at the office and we were communicating through Slack and through text um, in all ways that we could to get as much accurate news out in as quick a fashion as we could. Thank you, Mac. It was very impressive for me to see the news desk really come together to bring that story to life. Thank you for that. It was a terrible time and a terrible time for New York, but it was good to see the news team really step up. I would like to thank Tom Miratello, our sound engineer, the entire news team for their work on the stories both on Abu Dhabi and the terror attack, and Jemima McAvoy for additional reporting. Thank you for listening to this week's News Flash. Tune in next week.